0: Friends, we can all listen to the sunny side of sports.
1: Great show, bro. This is sunny side of sports. Right here on the Voice of America. Voice of
2: America. Sporty greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. This is VOA's Muck Bill Yabereau filling in for Sonny Young in Washington. Welcome to the June 10th edition of the sunny side of sports. We're going to kick off the show with Samson O'Malley. He's got to look at this
3: week in sports. Sporty Friday greetings to all our Voice of America listeners. We begin the wrap of African sports highlight for this weekend with results from matches played in the 2023 AFCON qualifying round. Nigeria staged a first-half comeback to defeat a difficult Sierra Leonean side in their opening group A game on Thursday in Abuja. In Dar es Salaam, Kal Toko Ekambi's expertly executed free kick in the first half was all Cameroon needed to start their AFCON qualifiers on a winning note with a 1-0 victory over Burundi. Elsewhere at the Bingu National Stadium in Lilongwe, record African champions Egypt were stunned by Ethiopia losing 2-0 in their second group D match, while a brave Lesotho team managed to frustrate a star-studded carnival side at the Dobsonville Stadium in Johannesburg as they held their warriors to a scoreless stalemate. Staying with the African qualifiers, veteran coach Hector Cooper was fired by the Democratic Republic of Congo on Thursday after they lost the second successive African Cup of Nations qualifier away in Sudan on Wednesday. The country's sports ministry made the announcement after the 2-1 loss in Khartoum that followed a 1-0 home defeat by Gabon in their opening group I qualifier at the weekend. The 66-year-old Argentine, who took Valencia to successive Champions League finals just over 20 years ago, had been the Congolese coach for just 13 months. He had also previously coached Egypt at the 2018 World Cup finals. Away from the Afghan qualifiers now, Liverpool forward Mohamed Salah Salah was named the Professional Footballers Association Player of the Year for the second time on Thursday. Salah, who shared his season's Premier League Golden Boot for the top scorer with Tottenham Hotspur's Song Hu Min also won the award in the 2017 2018 season. The 29 year old Egyptian scored 31 goals in all competitions for Liverpool and helped them win the League Cup and the FA Cup.
4: Uh, well, it's a great always to win a trophy, individual or collective. Um, yeah, and this one is uh, it's big. So very happy and very proud of that. This one is a really good one, to be fair, Uh, especially because it's voted by players. So when I think about it, like, of course, I wanted the the Premier League first before anything, Champions League as well. But it's individual a little bit shows you that you really work really hard and you you get what you work for, kind of, just individual, collectively, for sure, that the the team comes first. You know exactly what you want from football, so I'm just trying to really chill, uh, help the team, make the people next to you better and try to make yourself better as well in the game
3: in women's football news burundi will face uganda in the final of the sakafa senior women's championship on saturday uganda's national women's football team the crested cranes had beaten ethiopia one goal to nil while burundi had to come from a goal down on thursday to overcome tanzania 2-1 in the second semi-final at the fufa technical center in Jero. Both Burundi and Uganda met in the group stages with the Crested Cranes winning 4-1. George Lotalo is the head coach of the Ugandan Crested Cranes.
4: They
5: had to give 100%. And working as a team, it is helping us and we shall keep improving. Even in
3: other tournaments. In athletics, Kenya's Ferdinand Omanyala became Africa's men's 100 metres champion after beating defending champion Akane Simbini of South Africa by just 3,000th of a second in Mauritius. Both men were recorded as finishing the final in a time of 9.93 seconds, a new African championship record, but Omanyala was awarded a time of 9.927 seconds following a photo finish. The 27-year-old is just the second Kenyan to become a continental champion over the Distance M. Leighton, 1990 winner Joseph Gikonyo.
6: I hope we take this African sprinting to the next level as we go for the World Championships and again the Commonwealth because we are again meeting at the Commonwealth Games. So it's it's a good it's a good thing that Africa is now. Emerging and having more than one person representing the continent, and I'm looking forward to a very great championship coming ahead next month.
3: Akanisi Simbeni shares his thoughts on losing the 100 meters final in such a dramatic finish.
7: Didn't go the way we thought it was going. You know, they announced that I won, then the result came out, I didn't win. Yeah, for me, it's 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 making sure it's actually knowing that, you know, for us, it's it's we are. How to put it? We're on track with my coach. You know, our plan was to make sure we start our peak now going into World Champs, and I'm just happy I could run the, my first up ten of the season, knowing that you know more more will be coming.
3: Staying with the African Championships, South Africa's double Olympic 800 meters champion, Kasa Semenya, finished just sixth in the 5,000 meters at the African Championships on Thursday, missing the qualifying time for next month's world championships in Eugene. In her first international race for South Africa since the 2018 Commonwealth Games, where she won the 800 meters and 1,500 meters, Semenya clocked 16 minutes, 0.324 seconds, well off the 15 minutes, 1.00 seconds mark required for selection for the Eugene Awards. Staying with athletics, but this time around the NCAA Outdoor Track and Field Championships taking place in the United States. NCAA record holder Kenyan Eliud Kipsang had a disappointing run in his heat, which means he cannot defend his title. One month after breaking the collegiate records in the 1,500 meters event, Eliud Kipsang of Alabama faded in the later half of Heat 2. The sophomore finished last in three minutes 42.30 seconds. Uh, it was supposed to be like I go in front, control the pace, but uh,
6: it didn't make it because uh, like I was not feeling good like since regionals. You know, so like I've been having like uh, some fever. I was trying to come back from it. You know, I took off like <clears throat> three days off. Then now, uh, you know, forcing yourself from three days off. You know, it's kind of challenging a little bit. You know, but I can't
3: complain. You know, it's a race. It is what it is. But it was a different story for another Kenyan, Mercy Chilangat, a junior at the University of Alabama, who won the women's 10,000 meters event at the NCAA Championships, running 32 minutes 37.08 seconds on a humid night in Eugene, Oregon. It was her first NCAA title on the track after she finished second in this event last June. Last year
1: I came short, but this year it was mine, so it feels really good. I wasn't really surprised because I kind of like I kind of know know my uh, strength, so I know like if I have to go in five laps to go, I can, I can like survive, I can like survive that pace until the end. So I was just like, uh, if it's time to go. It's time to go. So I, and I was like uh, ready for that.
3: In cricket news, the 8th edition of the Kibuka T20 tournament got underway on Thursday in Kigali. Eight countries are participating. They are Botswana, Brazil, Germany, Kenya, Nigeria, Rwanda, Tanzania and Uganda. The T20 tournament will be played in a round-robin format followed by playoffs which will conclude on June the 18th. In today's fixture, defending champions Kenya will play Uganda, Botswana will battle Tanzania, while the late game will see host Rwanda facing Brazil. Thanks, Samson. Let's hear more
2: on Nigeria's 2-1 victory over Sierra Leone in Group A of the qualifying series. Mike Mbonye reports from Lagos. The Super Eagles
5: of Nigeria came from a goal down to defeat the Leone Stars of Sierra Leone 2-1 in a Group A game of the 2023 Africa Cup of Nations qualifying series at the Mushu Abiola Stadium, Abuja. The game was played behind closed doors because of the one-match ban placed on Nigeria by world football governing body, FIFA, over the fracas that followed the end of the 2022 FIFA World Cup playoff round against the Black Stars of Ghana, a match. Sierra Leone's Jonathan Mosse opened scoring with a diving header from a puller from Al Hassan Koroma in the 11th minute. Alex Iwobi equalized for Nigeria in the 16th minute, while Napoli forward Victor Simen scored Nigeria's second goal four minutes before halftime. The Leon Stars piled pressure on the Super Eagles on resumption but could not get the equalizer. Jose Peseiro is the head coach of the Super Eagles of Nigeria.
4: Our team deserves to win, okay? Create more opportunity. I think the ball. Um, Sierra Leone can, can score second goal but was offside, clear offside but Nova can accept but I think you create more in the second half when I changed uh, one strike for, for Etebo I think you, you control more the, the match more, much more all in the last 10 minutes um, I think look looked like the, the Sierra Leone, the opponent, looked like more fresh and push us. Didn't create opportunity, only one, I think. I think it deserved, we deserve to win this match, but you can improve, you can play much better.
5: Fisayo Dairo, chief football writer at www.aclsports.com, says the Super Eagles worked hard to win the game. It's, it didn't come so easy because the Sierra Leoneans caught first and then. Nigeria had to reply and they turned this around in the first half through goals by Alex Woby and Victor Seaman, so kudos to the team. They showed the doggedness and resilience in the first half, and in, in the second half, yes, Paseiro had to earn his pay by making some tactical alterations, which enabled the team to see off the win. Because we have to give it to the Sierra Leonean side, they threw everything they had to the to that at the Nigerians, you know. And um, it was a good game in the end. Maybe not the kind of top quality that Nigerians will have wanted. Nigeria will play Saotome and Principe in Morocco on Monday, June 13th in a second Group A game. For the sunny side of sports... This is Ayomike Mike Mbonye in Lagos, Nigeria.
2: Staying on the pitch, South Sudan's Bright Stars lost to Mali 3 1 in the qualifiers for the 2023 Confederation of Africa football tournament. Despite Thursday's loss, the Bright Stars head coach thinks his team is learning while competing and can still qualify for Africa's biggest football competition. Mugumu Davis Rakaringji attended the match and has this report for VOA from Kampala, Uganda. The Bright Stars scored the first
6: goal and dominated in the first half of the match played at St. Mary's Tende in Uganda's central district of Wakiso. The game was supposed to be played at Juba Stadium, but the facility is still undergoing renovation. The Bright Stars nearly scored in the sixth minute, but the Mali team swiftly defended the net. It was not until the 30th minute when the South Sudan defender, Rashid Stohas header, was divided by Mali into the net to put the Bright Stars ahead to the excitement of hundreds of South Sudanese fans who filled the stadium. The South Sudanese continued to dominate and held on the lead until the end of the first half. Mali bought their Rivla 15 minutes into the second half. Just when it looked like the match would end in a draw in the 76th minutes, a Mali player was red carded after a fall. But the Malians avenged the call, squalling two goals in the last six minutes to end the match 3-1. Despite the defeat, Bright Stars head coach Stefano Kisin praised his players for their performance.
5: We play a, really a great game uh, for the intensity, for the for the courage of the player, for the for the quality also in some part of the game. I think that uh, technically we were uh, playing very good. And when you receive the 2-1 at most, the game is finished. It's normal that you are sad, but it's, uh, it's part of the process uh, to become uh, a professional uh, and important national team. Kazin thanks the hundreds of South Sudanese fans
6: who showed up Cheer for their team," he says. "His players are learning by playing
5: against one of the biggest footballing countries in Africa. The team of Mali is uh, 200 million of euros. <laughs> Our team is uh, less than one million. They are 52 in the world ranking. And today I didn't see all this difference. So we we
6: don't we don't have to look only about the result. Of- Do Daniel Awol? A South Sudanese attending school in Uganda was in the stadium teacher own his home team. When, when, we got, when we got the captain injured, that's when the problem started. But it's okay. But the game is only like that. So there's nothing. But we have a chance of beating them. So people, the team that will be stronger than Mali, we can even beat them, uh, South Sudan. Football fan, Ugandan, Richard Okot, came to support his fellow East Africans, the Bright Stars. We were one. We were one. So I always come for their games. Uh, but all in all, I think it was due to experience as well. I think the, the Mali side was more experienced than the South Sudan team. But it was uh, generally a good game, yeah. The Stars have yet to get a point in the CAF tournament, having lost earlier to Gambia in their first away game. Gambia also lost the Republic of Congo. This means Mali tops the G with a maximum six points. Gambia and Congo have three apiece. For the Sunny Side of Sports, I am Ugume, Kampala, Uganda.
2: For more AFCON action, Egypt sorely missed injured captain Mohamed Salah as they slumped to a shock 2-0 defeat by Ethiopia on Thursday. A strain ruled out the prolific Liverpool score after he defied his club last Sunday and played in a victory over Guinea, despite not being fully fit. Egypt lacked several other injured first choices but still were expected to secure maximum Group D points in Lilongwe. Guinea beat out Malawi 1-0 in Conakry, with Naby Keita, a Liverpool teammate of Salah, scoring an added time. Qatar-bound Morocco beat South Africa in a high-profile Group K clash 2-1 in Rabat. Fellow World Cup qualifiers Cameroon were also narrow winners just edging out Burundi 1-0 in Tanzania. I'm Muckbill Yaburo, and you're listening to the Sunny Side of Sports on VOA. Just a reminder, sports fans, you can follow the Sunny Side of Sports on Twitter and Facebook. Also, we've moved all our programs to VOAafrica.com. Log on to catch your favorites. Now, let's head indoors for a look at tonight's NBA basketball action. The big question going into Game 4 of the finals was whether Golden State Warriors star Steph Curry would be there for tip-off. Dave Ferry with the Associated
1: Press has the answer. After 10 and a half hours sleep and a couple of ice baths, Steph Curry said Thursday that he'd be ready for Game 4 of the NBA Finals. The Warriors guard had his left leg rolled over by Celtic center Al Horford during a loose ball scramble late in Game 3 Wednesday, creating a painful ankle injury. Curry says his left ankle problem earlier this season has prepared him for playing in pain on Friday. Because I went through what I went through in the regular season and coming back, I know exactly what it is and what I got to deal with and soreness slash pain level and all that. So once I got checked out last night, I knew I wouldn't have to go get <clears throat> any extra tests just because we've been through this before. Curry limped to the bench and sat out the final three minutes of Golden State's loss, which leaves Boston up 2-1 to one in the series. The Celtics haven't been this close to a championship since 2010. Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown lead the core group that had been to the Eastern Conference Finals four times since 2017 before advancing. Tatum says their playoff experience is paying off this year. Been to the Conference
7: Finals three times. Um, you know, at a young age has, um, you know, helped myself and a lot of us, you know, prepare for this moment. It's not like this was our first time getting to conference finals and then we go to the finals, um. You know, we've played late in the season a couple of times.
1: The Celtics have done a nice job closing out their two victories, allowing just 11 points in the fourth quarter of game three after outscoring the Warriors 40-16 in the final period of the opener. I'm Dave Ferry. Game four of the best of seven series is in Boston on
2: Friday night before the series returns to San Francisco. Hitting the links, players in the Saudi-backed Live Golf Invitation Series are wrapping up their second day of play. The inaugural Live Tournament teed off on Thursday at St. Albans in England. The tour offers enormous financial rewards in shaking up the world of golf. But shortly after play started, the PGA announced that those players taking part would be suspended indefinitely from its tour. Live Golf knocked the move as vindictive and said it deepens the divide between the tour and its members. AP golf writer Doug Ferguson says the PGA's move was not a surprise.
1: They spoke to players about this in February, that if you want to go, go to this, to this new league funded by the Saudis, but just don't expect to be able to, to take fruit from both trees here. And so once they officially played, once the ball was in the air this morning outside London, uh, then the tour released a memo just, just letting them know that that you're not eligible for PGA Tour events anymore.
2: Ferguson says the bigger question is whether the tour
1: succeeds in luring other players. The biggest question going forward, beyond the, the suspensions and how that's going to hold up, is how many players see players that they can beat with one hand behind their back, making $5, 6 $7, 8000000 million a year, and how tempting that's going to be, and if more follow over the next couple of years.
2: South African Charles Schwartzel led at the end of the first day on play on Thursday as he spoke to journalists about the PGA ban.
4: Um, I
2: mean, the talks do go around, you know, I guess. um, I spoke a
7: lot with a group of guys that we we hang hang around. Um, uh, Yeah, you know, it's not something that you wanted to do, you know. I mean, I played all over the world for 20 years um, pretty much wherever I wanted to and uh, you know this was another opportunity for me to play um, on on, on a different tour and yeah I mean I like I said I respect the PGA tour I respect the European tour and in fact all the tours that's out there
2: um, uh, I hope it changes one day American Phil Mickelson, who was tied for seventh on Thursday, would not speak about PGA Tour issues at a news conference, but he did say he would stay with the Live Tour.
1: Yesterday, I was kind of saying that I didn't feel contractual agreements should be public. Whether I like it or not, uh, I'm not going to discuss it, but I am going to play all of the Live events. So to answer your question, I'll be participating in all the events. Uh, I'm. I, I don't look that far in advance. I know that uh, there's. I'm going to play the eight this year. I'm going to play the ten next year. I can tell you that.
2: After London, the Live Series has four events in the United States, one in Thailand, one in Saudi Arabia, before a team finale at Donald Trump's course in Miami. I'm Muck Bill Yabro, and this is the Sunny Side of Sports on VOA. Follow the Sunny Side of Sports on Twitter and Facebook, and you can catch all your favorite VOA programs at voaafrica.com heading over to Azerbaijan for some revved-up action. Sergio Perez has continued his strong form for Red Bull as he set the pace in Friday's first practice session for Azerbaijan Grand Prix. The Mexican driver was the winner last year in Azerbaijan and is coming off of a victory in the Monaco Grand Prix. He was the fastest with a lap of 1 minute, 45.476 seconds to beat Charles leclerc a ferrari by 0. 0.127 seconds championship leader max verstappen was third fastest at 0.334 seconds off his teammates perez's time verstappen told his teammates over radio that the wind is pretty insane on the bumpy seafront street circuit and let's hit the road with some pedal power Kunya Adayanju took a daredevil cycling trip from London to Lagos, traveling over 12,000 kilometers and passing through 13 countries in his quest to raise funds for Rotary International in the fight against polio. After recently finishing his trip in Lagos, the adventurer and motivational speaker said he was helping spread the word about polio vaccines. I chose to spread that
4: message, you know, so that we can increase the level of awareness And we can make people to understand the vaccine is safe and people can take the vaccine so that we don't have that issue where we're having um, polio resurgence in Africa. So for me, it's a personal fight.
2: His trip took 41 days, although he actually rode only 14 days, spending the others with aid groups and community residents. Growing up, Adiyangju had a friend with polio who could never do all the things he wanted to do as a child. It hurt Yangju when they had to swim and his friend could not. He knew he was going to try and change the world. Yangju says he found many people wanted to hear his message. A lot of people find inspiration in the
1: message
4: and people connected to it, the fact that I wasn't doing this for my own personal gain but actually using it to do humanity, work for humanity. It resonated with a lot of people. So the reception everywhere I went to was really mind-blowing and
2: the welcoming was really great. He says the ride had some tough days, especially in the Sahara Desert.
4: If the heat doesn't try to kill you, the wind will try to kill you. The strong wind of the desert will try to kill you. If the strong wind doesn't try to, the sand, the brittleness, the sharpness of the sand, Strong, blowing sand will try to kill you. Even on the road, it tries to take you off the bike. So every time you ride on
2: the side, every minute, is risky. It's tough. Despite those tough days, he plans more adventures. Adyangju, who climbed Kilimanjaro twice, said his next adventure will be a ride from Lagos to Israel, then to the Tibetan Plains, drop his bike, and attempt to climb Mount Everest taking a look at athletics the energetic andy edwards recently caught up with olympic hurdles champion hansel Parchman of jamaica at the birmingham diamond
0: league meet in england um, hansel uh, i've got a question which i hope uh, will take you back to your very beginnings as as a boy or whenever you started sprint hurdling if a girl or boy came to you now and said well i'm interested in being a high hurdler what are the qualities physical and mental that, that you as Olympic champion would look for in someone at that age wanted to concentrate on that event what do you look for? Well <laughs>
7: I, I think for, for hurdling it's it's important to 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 be focused it's important to to have that drive that mindset um, to be able to hold your composure because you know hurdling is something that you have to maintain rhythm and you know sometimes you can hit a hurdle you have to be able to to recover to come back from from um, a mistake um, but of course physical as well because when the hurdles are very high it's, it's good to have a height on your side so um, you know i would look for somebody who i think would grow a little bit taller uh, but i think um, yeah a good combination of the physical and and the mindset would would be good i think anybody could really develop that so Um, I think the the physical would be the the, the most important part to look for and then the mindset
0: can develop afterwards. You know, a few years ago I was talking about this with uh, a British high hurdler, international, Nigel Walker. Um, And he said, we were looking at another uh, hurdler and I was asking him how, how far this particular athlete could go. And he said, well, the key thing, or a key thing, is the, the the flexibility of the inside leg. It wasn't just looking at how tall the athlete was. I mean height can be good but that inside leg flexibility getting over the hurdles quickly was very important. Would you agree? I think I think it's important but I still feel
7: that you know the the, the height would be the most important factor. Of course, you know shorter guys could could also do it but um, having this kind of height would be, the, for me, the first thing to look for because I believe the other things are able to to come afterwards. We can work. You can always um, work on flexibility. You can always build up flexibility. Uh, you can always build up mindset. You can learn so much as you go along. So uh, I think the only the or most important thing to look for first is just the physical, and everything else will come afterwards
0: just finally just staying in a way in that area Um, uh, another journalist I thought was a great question asked about who would you like to meet in a race as a rival if you could pick from history Um, now just tell us what your reply was because I found it fascinating Um, I I, I spoke about Colin Jackson, Alan Johnson
7: and Lu Zhang you know I I thought I think those guys were were awesome um, back in the day and the most important part is that I could learn quite a bit from them, you know because these guys were like racing to the first hurdle, you know um, you know they always talk about how important it is as a hurdler to get to the, the first hurdle first because, you know, most times the race is decided at the first hurdle. That has not been the case for me over the years. I've always been last from the blocks and, and then charging towards the end, trying to catch up to the guys. So I feel from those guys, I could learn quite a bit, you know, in terms of executing the technique and, and be able to race to the first hurdle and still have the drive to finish strong at the
0: end as well. Well, that's fascinating insight from the Olympic champion, Hansel Parchman. Thank you very much. Thank you.
2: That's Olympic hurdles champion Hansel Parchman of Jamaica, and he spoke with the energetic Andy Edwards in Birmingham, England. And that wraps up the June 10th edition of the show. Thank you for tuning in, and I am Muff Bill in Washington, and that is the sunny side of sports.
3: VOA brings you the best in African music on the African beat. African beat showcases the latest and the greatest of contemporary African music. From bobo music to hip life, bonga flavor to succoose, afrobeat to Dumbolo and makosa to Kwaito. The African beat on VOA has it all. And it's happening right here, Mondays through Fridays at 0905...